behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Buckle up. It's time for another ride with the Taxi Squad. I am AJ Fredrickson, joined alongside tonight by Mr. Artis Woods and Jason Stormer. And we have a fantastic show ahead in the works. We're going to recap a little bit of the Vikings. We're going to preview the trip across the pond for the purple and gold. But let's uh, get to that after we welcome in the rest of the taxi squad. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this fine, uh, what is it, Tuesday? It's already Tuesday. How are we doing on this Tuesday night? I can't keep track of the days anymore, man. It's all just a blur to me. It's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Tuesday. Okay. All right. I'm I'm feeling good on a Tuesday, I suppose. I admit, I'm doing it a little different on Taxi Squad today. This is actually the very first time I have not been in studio, like, at all. And I'm at home. I'm in my room. I'm in my bed. I'm kind of all cozy right now. And I'm just saying, guys, like, I think you should try this. This is probably the way to podcast from here on out. I don't know. I've well, done I'm that. Feeling... A, I've done that a couple times. All right, how about you? How, how are you feeling? Nice and cozy at your uh, home. I'm feeling good. I'm also at home. Had a long day at work and was like, "Yeah, I'm just. I'm tired, man. It's been a long couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long couple weeks, man. And didn't feel like making. Even though I, I lived literally like two minutes away, I didn't have my badge. So I was like, you know, what? I, I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm just gonna stay home today and just record from home. But I'm feeling good. Other than that, man, I'm feeling energetic. Um, ready to talk about these bikes, man. They look good this weekend. Besides a couple, a couple small things. Yeah, a, a, a couple small things, mainly like the first quarter and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, because flashing back to this Sunday, the Vikings host inside of U.S. Bank Stadium the Detroit Lions NFC division rival. Uh, they go down fourteen points right off the get go. They Oof. are. Like Jared Goff is slicing and dicing <laughs> the secondary. Jamal Williams looks like a bulldozer, uh, channeling some of the. I think what is he? He's he's big into like anime. I, bl- I want to say so. Is he's he probably. Really? Oh, he absolutely! Is. Yeah, he's mm. big into that. So go okay. Goku and all that Naruto oh, yeah. stuff. He, I mean, he's is awesome. Yes, he's channeling yeah. that, and uh, <laughs> he, I mean, he had a he had a big day. Yes. But the Vikings on a final. I want to say minute and a half drive or so after a blunder of calling uh, coaching decision by Dan Campbell sets them up quite nicely. KJ Osborne catches the touchdown pass dagger from Kirk Cousins and the final score is 28 to four guys. What are your initial reactions after uh, the big week three win for the Vikings before they have uh, have to travel over to England to take on the Saints? Well, I'll start just by saying I do like the fact that they came away with the win. Let's just let's just put that out there you know at the end of the day it's all about finding ways to win football games and as long as you win that's really all that matters because football is a week-to-week thing and any given Sunday you could take an L to a team that nobody thought you could take an L to and so I'm happy they came away with the win I thought overall they were decent I can't say great though because going down 14-0 is not good Um, I know this offense is still trying to learn that system and get that system down but while that is happening while that is happening I should say Defense got to step up, man. Defense has to step up. Now, I understand that they did step up later on in the game. They got a couple of crucial stops. But the way Jared Goff, like you said, AJ, was slicing and dicing up that defense was not a pretty sight. It was it was pretty tough to watch. Uh, they got the run game going. They got the passing game going. They got everything they really wanted to get going within that first quarter and a half. Almost basically the whole first half, it seemed like, until the Vikings finally kind of settled down and finally just got in a groove got in the groove of things on both sides of the football. But I thought the offensive line looked great. Mm. Um, I thought the Vikings offensive line looked great. Bradbury has looked solid. I have to give props for his dude. I I was going to ask you, Artis, I was going to ask you, uh, when is your potential Garrett Bradbury apology coming? Because you have definitely been his harshest critic among the three of us. And he is – I believe, put up the sixth best PFF score among centers through three weeks. Yes, I literally, I'm looking at the, literally the same score <laughs> graphic right now. If you guys aren't following us on Twitter or on Instagram and Instagram, you should be doing that by now. Yeah, um, come on. But I'm looking at the same graphic right now. And yeah, I mean, he, 
He's been he's he's been playing a lot better than how he's played in training camp and last year. I will say that. So I have to give credit where it's due. I was on him for a while, so I got to give credit where it's due. He's he's playing good football, and I'm hoping that he could keep it up. Um, yeah. the like I said, the overall the entire offensive line looks good. They're holding up well for Kirk Cousins defensively. I didn't like how the defensive line looked for a vast majority of the game. I felt like we didn't get enough pressure on Jared Goff to make things hard until. Until we had to, until like, <laughs> like the last of the game where scrambles to like the left and like just flings it up because there was pressure in his face. Um, but like I said, all in all, Kirk Cousins came through, got the job done when he needed to get the job done. Hit KJ Osborne for a touchdown. Um, got Alan Thielen involved in the game. We've been looking for Adam Thielen sighting for yes. a while now. So we got Thielen involved. We got KJ involved. Justin Jefferson been a little quiet these last couple of weeks, but yeah, um, we won the game. I'm not too worried about JJ. I'm sure we'll probably get into him at some point. But at the end of the day, they won the game. A couple things to take away. Definitely some things to learn. They're obviously still learning the offense, and they need to you know tighten up a little bit on defense. I know the Lions are a pretty solid offensive team this year. You like to see the Vikings still a little better on defense, especially at home. But all in all. Uh, they walked away with the win, and that's what matters most. I just don't think I can ever underestimate the Detroit Lions moving forward as long as Dan Campbell is the coach. I just feel like this guy gets his team ready to play every single week, and having the Lions in the NFC North has been an absolute luxury for the Vikings and all the other teams for several years. But, man, they played you tough at home last year, and they played you tough at home again, and... Unfortunately, Lions gonna Lions though. Like the Vikings got that fourth down stop uh, in the fourth quarter there late. They weren't able to capitalize on that drive ultimately, but the Lions got the ball back and then missed that field goal. And then you know what happened next. By the way, I mean that was the most KJ Osborne showed up all season on that uh, two minute uh, drill right there. He had that big catch beforehand to set them up to get them into Lion territory, and then. Obviously had the touchdown, so good to have KJ finally showing up. And obviously Adam Thielen getting involved, too. Uh, I mentioned last week I wouldn't have minded if Thielen had more targets this week than JJ. That was the case. Uh, Thielen had eight targets, JJ had six. So I'm totally cool with that. Um, yeah, but it's a slow start again, uh, getting down 14, nothing. And frankly, that was the case kind of in the third quarter too, getting down uh 24, 14 as well. I mean, obviously they tied it up before the, uh, by the time it was a uh, halftime, but they were very slow coming out of the, coming into the third quarter too. So, but looking all over, like you said, artists, yeah, they got the win divisional rival at home on the road. Doesn't matter to me. Those are always going to be tough uh, games to play. And um, in terms of Kirk though, man, this was just kind of, this is a standard Kirk game. You know what I mean? I mean, didn't turn the ball over, so that's good, I guess. But, you know, I guess is what he uh, do, like 24 for 41 for passing, uh, didn't eclipse 300 yards. It was a pretty standard game for him for the most part. He didn't really, like, you know, crash and burn like he did in Philadelphia, but really didn't, like, really play like he, as well as he did against Green Bay. So, yes, yeah, now we sit at 2-1, and one, and it's – you know, going into the Saints game, I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident, at least on the offensive side. The defensive side, you know, obviously, like you said, ours there there are still plenty of question marks. Um, Eric Hendricks has gone off to a slow start. I think he had a pretty low PFF grade in this game. Uh, Daniel Hunter and Darius Smith had really good games as well. Um, but one thing I thought about that I'm actually pretty encouraged right now, and I know it's only through three weeks through this defense is that there isn't one single player right now for me that I can, like, single out and say, like, oh, my gosh, like, this guy is being a complete liability. You know, we had that kind of with Bashad Breland, I think, maybe even at this point in the season, or at least we were asking a lot of questions. And he was definitely, like, the poster child, I think, last year of just, like, the Vikings ineptitude on defense. So far... That really hasn't happened yet. Um, I think some candidates for that were maybe like Chandon Sullivan or maybe Patrick Peterson, because I think people are still wondering like just when the cliff may come for Patrick Peterson. Um, but at this point, that's that's got me like encouraged about the defense right now is that I cannot single out one particular player where I'm like, whoa, dude, like 
what are you doing out there? Right. It's kind of just been each game. It's just been one guy here, one guy there. It's not been like a pretty consistent theme of like, all right, this guy has been bad, real bad or whatever for three weeks now. So, and you know what? I mean, I was expecting the Vikings to, you know, give a little bit to Detroit because Detroit put up pretty dang good offensive numbers against your Eagles in week one artists. Uh, pretty good numbers. Also, I think they, they did get up. They did get up to thirty points against uh, Washington too. So I was expecting Detroit to put up a, a lot of offensive firepower at least. Um, and DeAndre Swift was pretty hobbled throughout the game too. He might miss a few weeks with a shoulder injury now here, or something like that, which does not do me any good to my fantasy football team. But whatever. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty encouraged about the win. Um, I'm always going to be about a division rival, no matter what. Um, on to the Saints, and yeah, I'm I'm, pre- I'm pretty pumped, but still, still plenty of questions though. Well, the Saints are a pretty good defense too. Um, that that'll de- definitely be a better test than the Lions, but they got the job done. Really quick, AJ, before you chime in again, uh, yeah. I really like how even when they got down twenty four to fourteen or fourteen zero, they ran the football. Mm-hmm. They ran the football. They stuck to the run game, and that's not something that you see too often. And I feel like more teams should do it. It comes a point in the football game where you absolutely have to pass the ball, and the defense knows you have to pass the ball. So they set their defense up because they're no, or they set their defense up in a way where they know, okay, we just have to stop the pass. But if you continue to run the ball when they expect the pass, beautiful things can happen. And the Vikings oh. ran for over a thousand or over, over a thousand. <laughs> wow. again, guys, it's been a long week. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but they ran the ball for over a hundred <laughs> yards. Um, don't know what's going on with Dalvin. I think he went out with a shoulder injury, right? Yeah. Um, did it, was it, did he dislocate it or separate it? Is it that looks, what it is? It looks like it. Madison came in though. Best backup in football. And I'm glad we kept right him. Where, glad we kept left, him. Yep. Picked up right where Dalvin Cook left off at. So I, I like to see that, but. Detroit was just shocking because I just I know they're a solid team. I wanted to see how they played on the road though before I said okay they're gonna pull up a put up a bunch of points. And I just thought the Vikings defense was just a little too a little too cushiony in the, first, in the first quarter. You know, a little too I won't use the word soft. That's not the word I'm going for. But like <laughs> you know, it just they, they gave them they gave them way too much space and they wasn't getting the golf enough. You know, mm-hmm. but I do like the fact that they stuck to the wrong game and I feel like that helped them get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I love that they were able to erase two 10-plus point deficits. I think that's like I saw a stat that is like one of the very few times or they haven't done that since like the 70s or whatever. The last time the Vikings did that and then won the game. Um, no, I mean, I think it shows maybe the resilience that past years, Mike Zimmer era Vikings maybe don't battle back and in past years you're like okay you barely won against the lions and what is like a mediocre shootout it seemed like i it got to the end of the game and i was like i feel like there was more points scored than there are um i i Hmm. figured both teams would be over 30 but i think that's just the maybe anxiety i felt watching the vikings have to like crawl back into this and then the gap widens again and then watch them eventually get the winner um but i like you said I'm, I like that they relied on the run because you have really good depth there. And now uh, that uh, Dalvin Cook might be ailing a little bit after the dislocation, or I, I believe it was a dislocation. Um, it sounds like he is set to play Sunday in London. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. He could just throw a brace on it and make, make it work. I wouldn't hmm. be opposed to, hand, like, you know, go you go see Big Ben and you go... You know, you go see Buckingham <laughs> Palace. We'll let Alexander Madison maybe take the lead role yeah. here just, just for this one. I feel like they can handle the Saints. Um, but the one question I did want to ask you guys here, too, before we really touch on the preview of Sunday is the past two weeks, Justin Jefferson has been, I'm not going to say non-existent because the talent that he has on the field obviously draws, a t- usually, um, other than maybe week one, like a top DB a top defensive player on him and getting that attention there. So elsewhere, maybe other receivers for the Vikings can shine. Hence this past week, KJ Osborne, five catches, 73 yards in that game winning touchdown. Are we at all concerned? Are you guys at all concerned about the lack of stat involvement that we've seen from Justin Jefferson these past two weeks? Cause 
he got locked up on on Monday night against the, the Eagles. He wasn't super into uh, the game, I should say. Three catches for 14 yards is not what you want out of a guy that I think we've all heralded as probably a top three receiver in the league against the division rival. Um, we know that Adam Thielen's still there. We know that K.J. Osborne has shown that he can step up, and he was the leading receiver this past weekend. Um, but, you know, Irv Smith has more yards than him. Ben Ellison had more yards than him. Johnny <laughs> Munt had more m- yards than him. Alexander Madison had more yards. C.J. Ham with a, with a, a beautiful juke move. Oh. Uh, juke move had more yards, one to be specific, uh, had more yard <laughs> than Justin Jefferson this past weekend. Are you guys at all concerned after the past two weeks of what we've seen with Justin Jefferson? Or are you like, eh, he's going to get right back to it this weekend? Uh, go, you, did you want to go, Jason? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm actually trying to find an article just about like what we're about to talk about. So go right ahead. Um, no, I'm not concerned. Th- these are the type of games, and it's not going to happen often. Now, I was a little more concerned about him and his mindset after the after the Eagles game, where like you could tell Darius Slay kind of got in his head and kind of shut him down. This game, not so much after watching it, because the defense defenses are shading to him like crazy i mean every eye on the defensive side of the ball is on justin jefferson you can see it wherever he's lined up teams are game planning how are we going to stop 18 every single week everybody saw what justin jefferson did week one against the green bay packers and everybody is focused on not allowing that to happen again i love the fact that he stays engaged and KOC keeps him moving around within the offense because it always opens up lanes for the rushing attack. It opens up lanes for KJ Osborne, um, Irv Smith. Um, it opens up lanes for, I can't think of any, every, I mean, everyone. everybody, everybody, everybody. Adam right? That's the name I was thinking of. Adam Thielen. It opens <laughs> up lanes for everybody else to get money pretty much. And that's the beauty. That's the how. That's how they was able to put up twenty eight points, and that's how they were able to get back in the game because Justin Jefferson is the ultimate distraction. He could be the ultimate decoy. I don't see this continuing. I don't see this happening every single week. I think he's going to have another explosive game, probably against the Saints coming up because he's just due, and he's just too great of a player to continue to not get the ball as much or for us to not find ways to get him the football, even though defenses are shadowing to him. But honestly. Like I said earlier, we needed to see more K.J. Osborne. We needed to see more Dalvin Cook. We needed to see more Adam Thielen. We needed to see these guys yep. within the offense get touches and get involved. We we needed that. And so I don't necessarily mind a down game from Justin Jefferson, especially in a win. We all know he's the star. He's probably the best player on the entire roster, if we're being honest. So we know what he brings to the table. But, you know, if we know, other defenses know, too. They know exactly what he brings to the table. They study it all week and probably weeks in advance, knowing he's coming to town or knowing they have to come to town to see him. So I don't necessarily necessarily mind it. I think he'll be just fine. It was just nice seeing everyone else get involved and him kind of facilitating opening the door for everyone else to get involved in the offense. Yeah, I'm not going to get too terribly concerned. Again, I am, I guess I mentioned it a lot. I'm obsessed with just the interdivision rivalries and the dynamics of how these teams go against each other because they see them twice a year. That's more so than any other team they'll ever play. And so the Lions have the tape on Justin Jefferson. Uh, even if they may not be able to execute it all the time, they still have the tape on him. And one thing that the people who watch the All-22, which I'm not necessarily one of those people, but I look up the people who watch the All-22, they notice that Jeff Okuda, who, by the way, good for him for uh, putting together a little bit of a bounce-back season. That guy has been through the injury ringer, is a top-three pick. Glad to see him actually like getting some uh, productive work out there in Detroit, even if he's a division rival. So he was playing a lot of press trail man coverage. Football, right? And so basically, I mean... <laughs> Fancy way of saying that. I mean, it's in the name right there. It's man coverage, right? He's right up on him, not playing, you know, whatever Jair Alexander was doing in week one, right? And so what they were doing, though, with that coverage is that the safety that was, you know, lined up on whichever side of the field that Okuda and JJ were on, that safety was playing back a little bit. So he could potentially help with Okuda if JJ had anything on that side but if JJ wanted to do a crossover 
what they did was have the other safety on the other side of the field play a little bit in to take away that cross. And J.J. loves his cross routes, man. He tore up the Packers on those cross routes. And that's sometimes what zone coverage allows to have happen. But this was like a very interesting execution by the Lions. And again, I think it's just because they've played him a lot, more so than, you know, uh, the Eagles or um, who do we play week one? I'm already blanking on it. Anyway. Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay, think, well, they should have the tape on him too. So I don't know what they were thinking. So I think just, I'm I'm not worried about him, no. Um, I think this was just a really smart game plan by Detroit, uh, to be honest with you. I was just pretty impressed with the that little plan that they put together. Yeah, we know what he can do, and he, he will get his. He will get his. Um, the Saints are a pretty stout defense, except, you know what, I think J.J. is going to want to show out in London. You know, it's going to be a little bit of international flair. He's going to want to – he's definitely want going to want to show out a little bit. Um so no, I'm I'm not too terribly concerned. Um, I'm, I'm with artists. I'm as long as we get the win and other guys get involvement, like I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with getting KJ going, Adam going, the tight ends going. Uh, which man, the tight end group right now is just a, a hodgepodge. Irv definitely is by no means separating himself from this pack, right? And I think Ben Ellison and Johnny Munts put up the. Uh, uh, two of the three best overall PFF offensive scores for the Vikings uh, this past <laughs> week. So those guys are just, they just keep giving us reasons to like be a little bit more sure of this tight end position when maybe we weren't uh, going into the season. Uh, anyway, back to JJ. No, I'm, I'm not too terribly concerned. Hopefully he'll get his in new Orleans, um, but I'm pretty dang confident. He'll just keep getting his in the season and, you know, down games like this will happen. He's still getting a decent amount of targets, though. That's what I like to see. I mean, you'd like more than, like, six targets or seven targets. I don't remember exactly how many he had. Um, but, nah, he'll he'll get going again. Um, I trust JJ. He'll take off. I like what Artis said about how he, like, draws the attention. And that really will, like, open it up for Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne to shine and come through and be these almost, like, wide-open threats. He's like... Uh, like a, a normal, like a stereotypical 2000s movie when they have to like get across the hall, like get across an opening, but there's a guard or whatever. So they send out like the the lead actress and she's like, hey, boys, how's it going? And they just like <laughs> tiptoe past. That's Justin Jefferson lining up out wide because they're like, oh, OK, we got we got to shift our attention to him. And that opens up so much open space for KJ Osborne, for Adam Thielen. And now after those two had pretty, very, like pretty impressive games. The Saints are going to, okay, now we we have to pay attention to them too. So I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Jefferson, you know, minimum 80 yards this Sunday. Um, I like that. We'll have to see. It is is always a weird setup for these teams because they're playing at such a weird time and they're playing at, you know, they go all the way over there. It's like, you know, you're doing not media stuff. You're doing probably, I imagine, some stuff, but it's not your typical routine. Like, if you're at home, you know, I'm going to go from my house, I'm going to stop and get this sandwich I like on the way to the stadium, and then I'm going to do this, and then I, you know, I have this much time. They might show up. They don't know the facility. They don't have, you know, whatever there. You can't just make something appear. I imagine they plan pretty well, but it's just a different environment. So, you know, who knows how long, uh, how well that like long, plane ride or plane plane ride is going to be for some of these guys. It, it, it'll be a weird setup um, as they head to England for the matchup against the saints. Any final thoughts before we preview Sunday? Yeah. At least get him in an end zone. I'm not concerned about JJ at all and his mental, but if he's not going to get a ton of targets um, or a ton of catches because the defense is shading to him a little bit in the red zone, get him the ball. Let him do his gritty. And I and maybe that's just like me just being selfish and wanting to see the gritty like every week. But like <laughs> me too. it's been two weeks since we've seen the gritty and I need <laughs> to see the gritty. That's all. That's my last little two cents. <laughs> yeah. Um so with Dalvin, I, I wanna proceed with caution with Dalvin. I don't want him to potentially rush anything. If this was actually a dislocated shoulder, like dude, can Considering the circumstances, again, you're going international. That's not going to be a very comfortable flight if you have a dislocated shoulder, even though these guys fly private jets or whatever. I'm sure the Vikings uh, plane is really nice. 
Um, and again, the circumstances an earlier game, I don't know if they'll even get a practice. I don't even know when they're going to head on over there. By the way, AJ, are they playing at, uh, the Spurs stadium? Yes. And I'm happy because I saw that they, uh, sold out, which means more money for Tottenham to spend on players in the window for, uh, for the January window for Antonio Conte. Um, but (laughs) that you guys don't care about that. Um, I'll pretend to. But it's 8.30 this Sunday. They will play the Saints at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in North London. Um, as you mentioned, I do want to touch on Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. and just what you guys think, how they should handle him. They are expected to have Harrison Smith back. So despite Josh Metellus with the game-sealing interception yes. um, this past Sunday, he looks to be shifted back down the totem pole, which I don't think is any surprise there because it's Harrison Smith. When he's available, he's playing. Um, so maybe he'll still fa- mm-hmm. work in, in some capacity. Um, but, uh, let's first touch on Dalvin cook. Cause I think that's the story. Mm-hmm. A lot of Vikings fans are maybe keeping an eye on. Um, he's got this dislocated shoulder. He is expected to play. He is expected to play. Um, and I'll put this to artists first, just cause Jason did kind of just touch on it uh, himself and maybe he can circle back around with any thoughts, um, that arise, but, how, if you were the Vikings front office, if you were the coaching staff artists, how are you handling Dalvin Cook? Are you saying slap on that brace, get out there, you, you know, you, we're running you just like we did against the Lions, or hey, let's shift it 50 50, or you know what, just take the day off, do a little sightseeing, and uh, we'll meet you back on the plane. I would see how his body reacts to practice during the week, but I'm leaning more towards just sitting him down for a week or maybe even two or three weeks. Because what's the point of my whole thing is what's the point of rushing them back out there fresh off of a dislocated shoulder? You know, we have and I and I say this, I feel like I say this every single week. The Minnesota Vikings have the best backup running back in all of football. They do not miss a beat when Alexander Madison comes in to uh to, to play the position instead of Dalvin Cook. They don't miss a beat. And so I just feel as though in this situation, it's very early. This is not a playoff game. This is not a um, divisional game. This isn't, you know, playoff implications on the line. Like, there's nothing really – there's a lot to lose and little to gain by putting him out there. And, heck, he can go out there and rush for 150 yards or 130 yards. But what if he gets hurt again and now he's out guaranteed for the next four weeks? Well, now you have a bit of a situation on your hands. Again, Alexander Madison is the best at what he does – However, you would like to have Dalvin Cook as the option to hand the ball off to. You'd like him to be healthy. It's still very early, and I know everybody is, you know, they're watching the, the, the record and they're, and they're looking at the schedule, and you want to go out there, you want to win every game. You want to go out there, you want to assert yourself, you want to go out there, and you want to show that you know the playbook. At least fans want to see that they know the playbook and the offense is humming on every level. But at the end of the day, it's not that serious this early in the season to be rushing players back when they're not right. And this is one of those situations where if Dalvin, if you see in practice that Dalvin Cook is not right at all, but he's trying to get on that field, it's one of those situations where the medical staff and the coaching staff needs to save the player from himself and say, hey, look, we know who you are. You're one of the best backs in the league. We need you for the long haul. Maybe not this game in London against New Orleans, which we'll get to in a little bit. We could probably win this game with you just sitting down. Just sit out for now, get right, come back when you're 100%. You know, and you never know what other, you know, knickknack injuries he might have, any any ailing injuries, you know, he may have that he's dealing with right now that he could let rest too for a little bit. So I'm definitely leaning towards sitting him. If he looks amazing in practice, then maybe I'll change my tune. Maybe I'll say, okay, give him a shot. But even even in that scenario, I'm not giving him a ton of carries. You know, Alexander Madison is my lead back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not giving him the same amount of carries. I think he had like 17 carries in this game against the Lions. I'm not giving him 17 carries again this upcoming week um, against the Saints. So that's just where I stand. I just it's it's too much to lose, little to gain. I, I'm not doing it. These running backs, man, it's it's a volatile position. They can go down immediately any week. I mean, they get tackled the most out of any player on the field. And so I am always just like, you know, keep them, you know, locked down, put them in bubble wrap, like just do whatever you can to keep them healthy. This isn't the first time they've 
they might try to slap a brace on a death. He's he's dislocated his shoulder before. He's done this before. I don't know if it's a if it's his different arm or not. Um, and they have done it before. And uh, you know, he has worn it. It is a big, just giant thing on his arm or whatever. So, I guess it just depends. Again, I'm not, no idea what the medical staff may know or, but we do. But uh, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, we 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 kind of fell in love with him in the preseason, but. Uh, Ty Chandler hasn't really been any, I don't think he's gotten a single carry in any of these games. Um, obviously like I'm with you artists, like I'm totally fine with Alexander Madison, like plug him in whenever Dalvin goes down. He is one of the better backups in the NFL. Might not say he's the best backup in the NFL though. Cause there's a guy named Kareem Hunt in Cleveland who's pretty good. I don't know. That's just me, but that's what Kareem is nice. for. Cream is nice. nice. I do like AJ Dillon over in uh, in Green Bay too. Um, so um, AJ yeah. Dillon is not better. I stand on it. He's not better. But <laughs> Kareem Hunt, close. though. Kareem, Kareem it's not. Hunt. It's not crazy different. Yeah. But I it's hear not you. Crazy, but it's Kareem not crazy Hunt. different. It's Kareem not crazy different. Um, so I'm now the Saints are a pretty good run defense. They're definitely in the top half of the NFL right now. They're borderline top ten. So you definitely want Dalvin. When you play a team against the Saints, but again, I'm going to stand by my philosophy. If a running back is even remotely injured or does something like dislocate a shoulder, no, just give him a week off. That's totally fine. And again, there's circumstances around this. You're flying across an ocean and you're playing at a time that you don't normally do. It's okay if he takes a week off. Let Madison cook. Totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with getting nice him as pun. many cares as possible. What was that? Great pun. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm very tired. Um, but yeah, I mentioned Ty Chandler. If there's a chance that Ty Chandler could get some run in this game, I would be totally fine with that. He's been nowhere to be found for three weeks. Not that necessarily the Vikings have needed him. Although, I don't know. Well, I mean, I would have maybe liked to see him in Philadelphia, but I think just by then the game was pretty much over and there was no point to play him. So yeah, I, I'm pretty confident if Dalvin doesn't play, and if I were coaching the Minnesota Vikings, and thank God I'm not, I would probably <laughs> lean towards just giving him the week off, and then we'll see you the following uh, week. I believe they play the Bears. So I'm going to be the odd man out here because I Ooh. is it's it's too hard to explain that to just everybody. Like, hey, we're going to give this guy that is you know is, is a, such a good running back. We're just going to give him the week off when he himself is like, I'm playing. I want to play. <laughs> I saw like, I, I saw a story that was like, he vows to play. You don't just say a vow. You don't use the word <laughs> vow when you're yeah. not being serious. He knows his body better than us um, just sitting around talking. So I would say I wouldn't be, I would be fine with doing what uh, the Lions and Dan Campbell did this past weekend where Maybe you show a 50-50 look, but maybe it's like 60-40 Alexander Madison. Maybe it's 65-35 Alexander Madison. I, I'm fine with him keeping involved and like getting out there for some carries and some touches, but I would I don't want him to be your your workhorse. Don't go out there and just feed him and feed him. I'm fine with establishing the run because you have the the talent to do so and a lot can change between this Tuesday night and Sunday morning especially with the you know they're not like us where we reach into the freezer and we grab a thing of frozen peas and slap it on our shoulder and just mm. hold it there these guys have cryo chambers and whatever and like technology to heal the body and aid the body that I can't even fathom let alone need so um i would imagine if he already the like the day of uh, the day after the uh, the win over the Lions was like I'm playing. I uh, I'm sure he's gonna be fine in in the most part because it's. I don't want them <laughs> as a franchise to like. I don't want them to do what the Twins do with Byron Buxton and like mm. we're gonna we're gonna bubble wrap him. We're gonna put him off to the side because we need to. You're too valuable to us, so we can only use you in an eighty percent capacity. Like we know you're we we're you're gonna miss games and we're gonna pick and shoot. The bot, he's a football player. The body craves contact, like John, like John Harbaugh has said multiple times. Let him get out there. If something happens, I'm sure. Oh, would, yeah. If anything they would, happens, they, they'll, they'll get his ass out of there in a minute, in a minute for sure. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to put him in a situation to where he's going to like tragically hurt himself more 
or like no. further, right? No. If they knew that it could get a lot worse and a lot worse, they wouldn't be taking a chance. But if the doctors and the medical team is like, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to hurt at times. Like if you get a hit right here and the brace doesn't like hold up in the right spot or whatever, it's going to hurt. It's not going to your your arm's not going to fall off, though, man. So <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure Dalvin Cook as a competitor who wakes up every day doing the thing that he knows that he was probably born to do, which is pound the rock for the Minnesota Vikings. He's going to want to get out there football. He's going to want to get out there and, uh, and, and pound the rock for the Minnesota Vikings. So yeah. I'm all, I'm fine with them trotting him out there and giving yeah. him some touches. Yeah. I just don't want it to be a, he's our standalone back. Give him 80% of the carries. Let's go 50, 50. Yeah. No, let's this get, were, let's, yeah. Alexander this Madison were, is not just hopping on the plane to be a tourist. Like get him, right. get him in there, get him some touches. If this were Mike Zimmer's team still, then yes, Dalvin cook would still be in a workhorse role. Yeah, no, I'm I'm cool with maybe going by a committee, feeling it out, see how he feels, let him, you know, do his pregame warm-ups. And that's actually where typically things uh, tweak for a lot of players in the pregame warm-ups anyway. I'm sure he'll be listed, like, as questionable. Um, I'm sure I, – I don't know what that – what his practice has been like so far. I don't even know if the Vikings have had a practice yet this week. I don't know if he's been limited, DNP. I don't think – I don't know anything like that, but – yeah, yeah, I, I forgot. I forgot about his quotes right immediately after the game, AJ. I forgot that he's like, "Yeah, I'm good." It's just, just like when you hear a dislocated shoulder, that just sounds so damp. Have you guys ever had that happen to you? I haven't had that happen to me. I've never. I have no, I'm no. I, sp- I, I sprained my ankle two about two months ago now playing <laughs> wiffle ball. I'm still not 100. I'm still oh. not 100. That like, th- that's how. That's the difference between him and myself. Right. If I dislocated, if I dislocated my shoulder, I am bedridden for three months. This guy, five (laughs) minutes after that, he's like, "Yeah, stick something in me, throw, give me some ice. I'll be good. I'll, (laughs) I'll go. Who, like, who? I'm I'm trying to think. Who's even on the Saints now? Who's like a big? Who's a big meaty lineman on the Saints? Oh, they still got Cameron Jordan, don't they? Yeah, Yeah. Cameron Jordan. Yeah, can't. And I, I didn't, I didn't think about this until like after we started. But I should have got the Jameis Winston. It's all just pain. Everyone pain. Like, I love Jameis so much. I do too. I, I need my my buddy and I were talking uh, about this the other day. After he retires. I don't care what streaming platform, what network TV, tell like whatever. I need a hanging like just a reality show of just like n- nonsense. Jameis Winston, Marshawn Lynch, those two Ooh. together would be electric, and that's my pitch to whatever network executive is watching or listening around the world. You can have that idea for free, but I need to like I I need to know that it's in the works because yeah. that is that would be that, amazing. Those two together would be. Would be Pure yeah, entertainment. That, yeah, that um, would be beautiful, mad entertaining. Really quick, up. just back to Dalvin Cook for a hot second. Yeah. My whole thing is how many times have we heard medical staffs of organizations come out and say, you can't make it worse. You're good. You can't <laughs> make it worse. You can always make something worse. And then you go out there and you make it worse. <laughs> I know that Dalvin Cook has had this type of injury before. I did see him with the with the I think he had that like that um that strap on his arm, like last last year, if I'm not mistaken, for a vast majority of he did he did it fairly recently. I think it was last year, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I do remember that, but like I just feel like we all off season and in preseason we raved about this this depth that we have at the running back position. You know, if there was ever a time to utilize that depth, now will be the time. Mm-hmm. Now will be the time. So that's just that's just my thought process. I just don't think you know. I, I know it will be tough to tell a star like him, like, nah, man, sit out. But it's like, man, like, I just don't know what the reward is for putting, like, if he goes out there and, you know, he goes again for 100 yards, I mean, okay, great. He he went for 100 yards. But, like, Alexander, if he goes for 100 yards, I promise you, yeah. Alexander Madison is going to do the same thing. Let me pose this question to you guys. I'm going to be a little bit oh, more sorry. Right into next week or whenever he'd be ready to play then then you know before if he played through the injury so i mean but hey if he's it look if he's good to go i'm with y'all if he's good to go but my only thing is if we see any trepidation in practice where it's like uh, dalvin ain't looking right uh-uh, i'm not yeah. taking that chance yeah. this early in the year 
I think there's feel, also oh sorry go oh, ahead really very very quick. There's also a scenario where Sunday they jump out to like a for, like a hefty lead, and, and they don't, we don't even need to worry about it. And they're like, all right, take the rest of the day off. Valid. Maybe That's he gets valid. out there for the first quarter and a half or whatever, and then come halftime they're like, yo, we're up by seventeen. Yeah, I don't think New Orleans is very good, guys. They just, I mean, they I didn't, think they're the, they're they gonna be banged up. The they're banged up. Yuck. That being said, um, the line right now, Vikings are, and I'm I'm going to say only two and a half <laughs> point favorites. Only two and a half point favorites as of right now. The travesty. That seems, that seems awfully close because <laughs> I think the Lions are better than the Saints, and the Saints or the Lions last oh. weekend were six point underdogs against yeah, the Vikings. No, yeah, that line was crap too. That uh, I, I definitely. Had a I think, hankering that the Lions were gonna be able to cover that for sure, and they did. I think that I think the neutral site, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, this past week the the Vikings were at home, and so that kind of explains a lot. We hadn't seen the Lions on the road just yet. Now that we've seen the Lions on the road, I'm sure if they played again, the spread to be a little different. But this being at a neutral site, I can see why they they'd have it a little closer than we expect. I would say. And I, I don't know if I would completely just sleep on the Saints. I mean, they do have some playmakers on the other side of the ball on offense that can make plays. The problem is Jameis Winston has a bunch of fractured bones, from my understanding, in his back. He's feeling yeah. pain. He's feeling pain. And my back is broken. Man, right. Spinal. <laughs> Spinal. <laughs> Spinal. <laughs> uh, so, if Marshawn and him are going to do something like that, it's got to be sponsored by Skittles and Red Lobster. For sure. Oh where my did God. Red, Where did a red lobster come into play? Well, with crab legs, man. Crab uh, legs. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Which, by the way, with all the NIL oh. deals going on these days, it's such crap that he got vilified so hard for that. What was it like? Not even $40 worth of crab legs. Yeah. And now we got kids making oh millions of dollars. Come on. Now, now, I, now I know the reference. That, now that's I'm the conversation. Lobster. Took a second to work there in college. college. That, that's, a conversation that we, that's a conversation that we could go on for hours on, or at least I could go on for hours on. So I'm going to say that for another day. But <laughs> I don't think we should completely sleep on the Saints. I do expect us to beat the Saints. But, hmm. you know, they I mean, if you sleep on them, they, they do have guys that can go out there and make plays. Yeah. And Chris Olave, I think I said this to you guys before the season started, man. Chris Olave is a problem. And dang good receiver. Those Ohio State receivers, man. Uh, Garrett Wilson too is yeah man, tearing it up in New York. Ballers, awesome. yeah, ballers. Um, so th- this game for me would be interesting. I do want to point out before we get too deep into our predictions that I don't know if you guys have been keeping track, but I have been keeping track of how many games we have gotten right. And I just want to <laughs> say, me and Jason are three and zero. Are you kidding? We are three and zero. We have not gotten a game go. right. AJ got the home opener wrong. No, not the home opener. The yeah, it was the home opener. Yeah, the home opener. Yeah, Yeah, you picked the Packers, didn't you? But still, two and one, still great record. So I just want to put that out there before before we put our predictions out there. That we're pretty good. I'm happy that I'm wrong about that. I said I said that <laughs> when did. when we did the original one. I'm glad to be proven wrong, but I always those like if I'm going to look at the season long prediction, especially. Like, you know, the Twins, I'm not going to get it down to the game. But, like, when there's only 17 games, I'm going to probably round down if it's a coin toss. I'm going to say that's a loss. So, right. Um, but, yeah, no, I'd, I'm i glad you guys are three. You know, <laughs> I who do what uh, did you both pick wins or losses? Do you do you remember? Yeah. This so, upcoming weekend? so for the first game, we both picked the Vikings to win. Yep. Me and Jason. Yep. We all picked the Eagles to win the following yep. week. And we all also picked the Vikings to win against the, against Detroit this past week. Which we we got to change it up this week. We can't all just pick the same team this week. One of us has to like either pick the Saints, two of us pick the Vikings, or two of us pick the Saints, and one of us pick the Vikings. See, we we got to diversify I, our portfolios. I, I I get that, but why? The, I feel like the fans want to know the facts, man. And if we're right, uh, I don't know, care. I'll tell you what. If you don't care, if you want <laughs> there to be like differentiation, you can go last and choose your, your right. pick based on what we do. Because I'm I'll I'm be going off sheet. my gut. I'm okay. going off my gut. <laughs> okay. All right, okay, okay, guys. All right, we'll artist, lead, you, lead us off. No, 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 artist, lead us off here. <laughs> Wait, I thought. So you're saying oh, no, Jason right. go last? I'm going last. Jason's oh, going all last. All I know is I'm going last. Got yeah. you. 
<laughs> I got the Vikings in this game. Now, last week I said the Vikings will beat Detroit by 10. That obviously didn't happen, or by at least 10 points, I said. That obviously didn't happen, and it ended up being a closer game than expected. The Saints are 2-1-1 right now, or I'm sorry, 1-2 and two right now. So I do expect them to play a little bit better knowing that they need a victory. I do expect them to get the run game going. The pass game is going to be interesting, though, because Jameis Winston looks like he might be trying to go for another 30 for 30. <laughs> he might be trying to throw another 30 interceptions. And so it will be nice to see the Minnesota Vikings defense take advantage of that. But I expect it to be a pretty interesting game, a pretty entertaining game. I do think Justin Jefferson bounces back this game. I do think he has a big game. Lattimore is playing, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be an interesting matchup all game long. But it's time. I think he is due for a big game against an elite cornerback. And I think this week he's going to come into this game with the mindset that, like, look, I had a rough game against Slay. I had a, I had a, I won't say rough game this past week against the Lions. I just didn't get the ball as much in this past game. It's time for me to go out there explode this is a guy who said he was going for 2,000 yards this season if I'm not mistaken so I think Justin Jefferson will have a bounce back game he'll have a big game probably somewhere around 130 yards maybe a touch we'll see the gritty maybe twice this game that will be a beautiful sight to see Jameis Winston I think he gives the Vikings at least one pick at least one (laughs) That's the biggest lock of the weekend for Beth. Seriously. Yes. Bank, whatever the odds are on that, bank on him throwing at least one pick. Um, so I, I do see that coming. I do expect them to get the run game going because I think they'll have no choice but to run the football. But ultimately, I think the Vikings win this game. I say with Justin Jefferson scoring at least a touchdown or two, they'll probably score somewhere around 28 again. So I'll say 28 to 17. Mm, wow. Ooh. Nice. I'm going to go Vikings to just to start it off, but I think it's going to be like a frustrating. It's not going to be a fun game to watch. I'm not expecting this like shootout. I'm not expecting this like Vikings blowout. I think the, I have all of the faith in new Orleans defense and none of the faith in the offense, just because of how banged up Jameis is. Alvin Kamara has been, I don't even know hobbled to start the season. Um, I just don't, I just don't trust that. Um, And let's think about it this way too. It's in London. It's an eight 30 kickoff. That is the most anti primetime game in the world. Kirk is going to thrive. Kirk is going to be Joe Montana reincarnated. There's nobody watching. Nobody on the West Coast will be watching that football game. It'll be 6.30 in the morning. You think people are waking up to watch Kirk Cousins at 6 in the, 6.30 in the morning? Absolutely not. Not at all. Not a, not a chance. Not at all. <laughs> I'll, I'll be here, which is probably the main reason I'll be up and watching the game. Um, nice. Like, that's, that's, still, that's still early, honestly. Um but yeah, n- n- half of the country is not going to be watching this game. That is the most anti-primetime game that I've ever seen in my life. Kirk Kirk is going to look good, but I think it's going to be a frustrating get off the ground to the game. It'll be a slow start. Like there's not going to be a lot of scoring in the first quarter. It'll be like a field goal or two through like the first half. Um I've got Vikings Vikings mm, <laughs> Saint Saints 6. Oh. Saints Six. No, Saints 10. Saints 10. I'm going to say Saints 10. Um, they do find the end zone once. Vikings 21. 21 10 Vikings. Mm. Wow. 11 point, like this. 11 point difference. Yeah, both both of you double digit victories. I respect yep. this. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll play contrarian. I will pick the Saints to win this game. Uh, the way it will happen is that this, <laughs> like you mentioned, AJ Kamara's been pretty slow start to the season, but you know what? Maybe this is the get right game. The Vikings run defense still a little bit suspect. Maybe this is the game to get Kamara going. And he's always a threat in the passing game too. Actually, in a lot of times there, there might be more games where he gets more targets than actual rushes. So you know what? Why not? I'll predict that Kamara kind of gets really things going finally after four weeks. Man, Michael Thomas, uh, he is he's he's definitely back, man. He's playing like his old self, and that's good to see after just a bevy of injuries the last couple of seasons. Like we mentioned, Chris Olave, he's really showing out too. So that's a lot of firepower with those receivers. And it's been pretty 
pretty rough stretch of receivers the Vikings have had, had to face the last couple of weeks. He obviously had A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith against the Eagles. Amon Ross St. Brown is a beast. And now, now you got these two. And you know what? I forgot that Jarvis Landry is down there in New Orleans. Uh, That's the heading back home, the LSU Tiger. So don't forget about him. And you know what? That Taysom Hill is a very, very, very crafty player. You have no idea what he, you, what to expect from him any week. He could be a quarterback or running back, a tight end. You have literally no idea. So there's a lot of offensive variables for the Saints defense. And we got a lot of question marks for the Vikings, or excuse me, for the Saints offense. And we got a lot of question marks for the Vikings defense still a little bit. And again, this Saints defense is not to be trifled with. It is still very, very good. And it's been very good for a long time. Dennis Allen hasn't playing good still. So um, for uh, in terms of Jameis, though, yeah, of course, he, he's going to throw an interception. Come on, take that take that to <laughs> Vegas, man. That's the easiest bet all week. You know what I mean? Come on, it's going to happen. It's, it's a turnover machine, and that's why he, we love him. It's, he it's gonna threw a pass, not to interrupt you really quick, uh, Jason, he threw a pass. I don't know if you guys saw it in the <laughs> red zone and like quadruple coverage. I love that, man. Um, no. The receiver came up with the ball one headed, but I know y'all know which play I'm talking about. Well, the, I, the only, I only saw like, it because you retweeted it, and the yeah. caption was the caption was like, No man in their right mind would throw this ball. <laughs> Famous James Will, baby. Famous James. <laughs> So oh my gosh. That that's frankly gonna be the way that the, the Saints get the W here, man. Jameis is gonna, yes, he's gonna throw that interception, but you know, maybe he'll fourth uh, throw three or four touchdowns. We'll see. Um, but I still think the Vikings will still keep this pretty close. I don't think the Saints will blow them out by any means. I think it'll be a very close game. Um, but I don't expect a very high scoring affair. I don't think these international games tend to be barn burners necessarily. I think they're pretty mid-scoring games. So if you're you know, normally I would recommend betting the over in any instance, but I would probably recommend betting the under in this case. So I'm going to say Jameis does get his three touchdowns. Kamara will get some significant targets and some decent rushes, but he won't find the end zone. Um, I'm going to say we're going to go with a 23-17 to 17 win for New Orleans. 23-17. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Okay. That's just me. Because one of us has got to pick a different team around here. And I I volunteer as tribute. I, I, I don't think anybody in, that's not in our contracts. Nobody <laughs> we has have contracts. <laughs> we have contracts? Yeah. What? Man, oh my nobody's, gosh. For, nobody's forcing you to pick the Saints here. If you want to I pick did. the Vikings, go I ahead. Did. I did. For the Minnesota sports fans, I'm trying to be right. Every God. week, yeah. I'm trying to get... Yeah, no, here it is. Artists, somebody's O has had to go, and so now this this in, this creates that opportunity. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? One mm-hmm. of us is going to end up undefeated at the end of this week, so may the best man win. I hope it's me. I still like you, but I hope it's me. So. <laughs> Actually, I do hope the Vikings win. I don't know. I'm about to say, you hoping about. for the Vikings lost? That's tough. Uh, no, no. Mm. no not, not for the sake of being right on a podcast, I won't. But for this, in this way, you win either way. Either the Vikings win and you're wrong and you're happy the Vikings won or the Vikings lose, but you keep your 4-0. Win or lose, we booze. All right. There you go. Amen. There you go. Amen. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I'd... Any final thoughts, I guess? Do you guys want to oh, wrap oh, this oh, up? I, or do we have want to talk? Sorry, there is one thing, one massive thing that, that I do want to bring up. Massive? Um, yeah, because it's been a big storyline all week. Why? Where was Lewis seen? I'm sorry to go back to Detroit, but where was Lewis seen in that game? Oh, and why? Why is he playing right now? I know he's nursing an injury, but like, yo, like, and Josh Metellus, uh, he played awesome. He was one of the highest graded PFF players on defense, but it's just like, yo, first round pick, and we did all the trading back stuff to get you and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, what's the deal with that? That's kind of my final thought of like, what's going on? And if Harrison's going to be playing, he probably won't play much again this upcoming week. But it's just like that was that was an interesting development. I don't know. I agree, and I have the same questions. I've been saying we need to get some youth out there. I have no idea. I don't know if it's because he's still dealing with injury. I don't know if they're not liking what they're seeing in practice. I don't know. If, I don't. We don't know. Uh, yeah. Honestly, we don't know. I would love to see him out there a little bit more for sure. But I don't want to. 
we can't end this without talking Gophers a little bit. Oh no! Because the Gophers finished and handled business against the Michigan State. This Michigan State team, they are now ranked twenty first mm. in the country with a four and zero record. And guys, this game was impressive. Tanner Morgan, twenty three of twenty six, three touchdowns, threw for close to three hundred yards. Mo Ibrahim rushed for his forty first career touchdown with the minnesota gophers which is a gopher record so shout out to him this team bought out and the offense did what needed to be done for sure they had a 17-0 lead at one point but that defense mm. what was, is is what stood out to me because michigan state has so many opportunities to get back in this game first half second half it was kind of a, a little bit of a blunder at the end of the first half where pj fleck didn't really know what was going on they couldn't get a playoff to um, to either spike the ball or stop the clock to get a field mm-hmm. goal off. It was just really weird. I don't, I don't even know, understand what happened at the end of the half there. Mm. Um, I remember PJ Fleck asking the ref, like, why didn't you tell me the clock was going to continue to run? It was just a really weird situation at the end of the half. However, that defense, every time you needed a stop, they stepped up and got a stop. Michigan State's head coach, I forget what his name is, came out and said, okay, we've been struggling this first half. We're going to score a touchdown. We're going to get on the board you know, first possession out of halftime. And they marched the ball all the way downfield and fumbled on, like, the five-yard line. <laughs> mm, I know. <laughs> so, you know, uh. it, was, it was a very, very impressive Gophers win, and they are now ranked. And, I mean, I like, like I said, the defense was special. Obviously, more Ibrahim. But, like, Tanner Morgan is a guy that I have been kind of on for a while now because I've always said Tanner is not that good. But Tanner so far this year has yep. been. All in. I'm telling He's you, dude, ball. getting Kirk Shiraka back has been everything because he was he was the OC that year where he balled out and they got to the Outback Bowl and beat Auburn. But then Kirk Shiraka bolted for Penn State. Then he got fired, and now he's back. There is just something. I don't know what it is. There is I've said it a million times. There is a sauce that he has, and Tanner Morgan literally puts it on everything, and it's like the best thing ever. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's incredible. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Michigan State shot themselves in the foot a bunch of times in this they game. Um, but you still credit that defense for showing up on the road. Big Ten, that's – I mean, sure, like, Michigan State will always be the little brother to Michigan in that state. But still, that's a pretty reputable program. Michigan State was in the college football playoff for, like, not even, like, five years ago or something like that. Right. And they're, they're a pretty reputable program. Um, I can't help it, though. God, I, I just do this on my couch too, and I know they've been doing it for a few years now. But I, I felt my, I caught myself doing this a bunch for this game. You know how the Gophers every time they go on fourth down, they just put their arms up like this. Yeah, I do the same thing on my couch. <laughs> I'll just be like fourth down, boys, let's go row the yes. boat. Yes. I can't help it. I love it. Yeah, this is this is so much fun. I, I didn't look it up, but I really do wonder, like, when's the last time this early in the season they've been ranked? Like this, I don't know um, that question either. Normally, with the Gophers, they've usually had to like build up a season and then get ranked later down the road because uh, you know they just haven't been that great of a program the last several decades. But PJ's got it going. Um, you're right though about our like PJ has some issues with like dealing with timeouts and dealing with stuff at the end of the half. And that you mentioned that like he said like why didn't the ref tell him that thing was going to happen? Like why the clock wasn't going to run? Well, PJ, why don't you know that's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like you should know that unless it's like it was a genuine error by the officiating, which I'm not sure, but like he made it kind of sound off. Like he made it like come off. Like, "Ah, I just didn't really understand the rule here. And there's already been a lot of talk about just like, how PJ has been like really reluctant. He has been a little, uh, he uses his timeouts a lot and he's not afraid to like use them in early situations. Um, But again, that's a small critique. This team is rolling right now going into big 10 play. They got Purdue coming up. Purdue's not that good. Florida Atlantic just gave Purdue a fight and that was a home game in prime time. I think they only won like 28, 24, I know the Boilermakers kind of popped up a little bit like a season or two ago, but I don't think they're having really a good season. So that's two, right two and two. Yeah. So that should be, that should be, I mean, if you were able to go beat Michigan state on the road, one would think, yeah, you should be able, be able to handle Purdue. 
at home, but you know. their next big game. So they should handle, they should. Now, again, should. you never know what to go for sometimes because sometimes they blow games they're supposed to win. Just like every team in sports, I don't want to just single them out. Hmm. They should handle Purdue. The following week, they see Illinois. I'm sorry, I think they have a bye here. And then they yep. see Illinois. The next big game is October 22nd against the 11th ranked Penn State. Penn State looks dang good this year, too. And yep. so that's another big test coming up for the Gophers. But, like, I don't even want to focus on that right now. Just the fact that they went out there, they handled business against Michigan State, who at one point was the 11th-ranked team in the country. And they they showed out, man. I was very impressed. This was, I felt like, their first big test. So I was like, I want to make sure I sit in and watch every moment of this game because I just want to see how they ultimately look. The earlier games in the season are kind of hard to watch by, by halftime. Yeah. They're up 40 points, so it's like, all right, whatever they want. Um, but this game, they were only up 17, you know, so I was just like, I want to see how this turns out. And then after the situation with P.J. Fleck happened where he didn't know that the time was going to continue to run into halftime, I'm like, that's going to come back and hurt them in the second half. But it didn't because the defense no. needed to step up, make stops. Like you said, Michigan State did shoot themselves in the foot when they had opportunities to make plays um, and make things happen. But that defense, man. They look the Gophers look complete yep. on sides of the football. I'm interested in seeing how long they can keep. I won't even say that. I won't even say that. I'm interested in seeing how long Tanner Morgan can keep his stellar play up. That's what I I really want to see because last year he was so hit and miss, and I'm like I don't know, yeah. but he looked great this pre this past game. The whole offense. Yeah. Did, so. I mean, if he's gonna if if there's a season though to where he's gonna contradict that statement of yours though. It's going to be this year because the Big Ten West division is down. Wisconsin yeah. got throttled by Ohio State. I have not been really impressed whatsoever with Iowa. Illinois mid. Northwestern's really bad. Nebraska yeah. finally fired Scott Frost, and hopefully they can not be a complete circus that they've been. I mean, this this is the year to pounce. It really is. This is it the is. year to get to the Rose Bowl, to get to the Big Ten Championship game. And they and are making the most of it. They are making uh, the most of it. So far, so good, my man. Like, again, this is this is definitely, like, the most hyped I've been for Gopher football this early in the season in a very, very long time. I would have mm-hmm. to agree. Yes, sir. Um, I do want to touch on a little bit of soccer. Uh, MNUFC wasn't in action since we last talked, but I suppose we can preview the game they got coming up on Saturday against San Jose. And, uh, guys, all I got to say is you better take care of that business. You have now put yourself in a position where you're, I believe, in seventh place in the Western Conference. You've got Real Salt Lake right on your tails. I believe Vancouver also is not technically out of the playoff race, and you have to play them also one more time this season. But San Jose is the second worst team points-wise in all of MLS. So please, MNUFC, just go out there and take care of that business if you don't mind. Yeah, they should. They need to get three points. If if not, I am seriously concerned for decision day. But uh, they need to head down to San Jose, get the job done. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's. <laughs> that there's not a lot, saying, to, right? There's not a lot to dive into because it's it's as simple as they should go down there. They should win and they should take all three points back home and then be set up a little bit better for decision day. If stuff falls in their favor, maybe battle for a home playoff spot on October 9th, but October 1st is uh, what is uh, more important uh, to focus on right now. 9 o'clock kickoff. We'll have 8.30 uh, pregame show starting right here. Um, You can either check out live on the Score North mobile app or on scorenorth.com or you can tune in live to AM 1500 or 94.5 HD2. I will be actually filling in for John Harrison as he is covering the Vikings in London. I'll be with uh, Dan Terhar on the call, so that should be a fun Saturday night. You're, you're doing the color for that game? Yes. My man, congratulations. Congratulations. It's going to be a long day because uh, yeah. we've got St. We've got Thomas. I want to say they kick off at 11, and then uh, <laughs> about, what is that? Yeah, nine o'clock kickoff. Right? Eight hours, ten hours, ten hours later. There's a nice uh, couch in the my talk break room for napping. So I recommend well, that. No, I would never. I would never do that while on the clock uh, for any management that's listening. I would never. 
Okay. Uh, no, it'll be a fun day. It's a lot, a lot of good programming here on uh, Score North as well as AM 1500 ESPN. So I, uh, I'm excited. Makes yeah. uh, makes makes my days go by very, um, very smoothly. Are we dealing with any more yellow card accumulations in this game, or should we be uh, no? Full there's nothing to my deck? nothing to my knowledge that uh, would hamper their ability to put out the best squad possible. Other okay, good. A couple injuries that we've known about, but uh, no, we should be fine. They should they should win. And like, has I don't know. Again, I'm a casual viewer, but it just seems like there's been so many uh, yellow card accumulations. Like the last couple weeks is. I don't remember a stretch where it just seems like, oh, yeah, it's like you're kind of checking, oh, who's got an accumulation this game or this game? Has it just been like a little bit over the top for this team or is this pretty standard age? No, I mean, it it it, it varies depending on like play styles and just kind of how you attack things. But it seems it seems like a lot of teams have been having to deal with this. I don't hmm. you know, they've had they've had some games where it's just, you know, the refs are very card happy and they're just pulling out the yellows like it's nobody's business and then you know you get double digits across both teams for just the for the 90 minutes so hmm. um you know it, it's been it's been kind of a standard thing for them this year and it like i said it, it builds up because depending on how you play you either have to um you, you know you're just looking to maybe kill time and blah 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 and all of a sudden you, you get a yellow card for time wasting or you need to get the ball back so you need to, you know, get a hard foul and boom, all of a sudden, or it's a chippy match against Portland and all of a sudden you have four of your guys in the first half get a yellow card. So right. um, it just, it, it just kind of naturally occurs. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just something, just something I noticed, but uh, I'm still learning. So anyway. Yeah. Well, cool. uh, well that, uh, that should wrap it up. I want to say this week for taxi squad, make sure to drop us a, a subscription on uh, both Apple Apple podcast and follow us on Spotify. Leave a thumbs up. Give us a five star rating. Uh, share us across social media. All that stuff does a lot more than you probably think it would in terms of just, uh, you know, engagement and just promoting the podcast, promoting the show. We really appreciate it. Um, any final words before we sign off here, Jets? I'm tired. Can I go to bed now? <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta be i gotta be up at like 4 a.m to go do these my talk morning shifts so yeah my talk i'm sleeping. Um, i did i did take a big old sleeping pill right as we started recording and i think it's right about to hit <laughs> so i'm frankly amazed that i even made it a whole hour but uh yeah i'll probably i'll see you guys next week i think <laughs> my my final thoughts are go gophers man <laughs> yeah Keep up the momentum. Ranked 21st in the country now, man. I all, all eyes are on you now. Keep keep the momentum going. And mm-hmm. same for the Vikes, man. You got an opportunity to go 3-1 right now. So there you go. There you go. I can't wait till the Gophers do the most Minnesota thing and drop a fluke game to the hey <laughs> Purdue Boilermakers hey and just have this all come crashing down. Uh, but anyways, attitude. on that high note, we're going to wrap Jeez. up this episode of Taxi Squad. That was Artist Woods, Jason Storm, and myself, AJ Fredrickson. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Hey, electrical contractors. I'm Matt from ABB. Are rising costs and product delays keeping you up at night? We can help you contractor better. ABB's contractor resources are designed to help you increase productivity and profitability on your commercial construction projects. Check out Contractor Better today. Visit go.abb slash contractor better. The new era of Thursday Night Football is here, and it's only on Prime Video. This Thursday, the Philadelphia Eagles bring their high-flying offense to Houston, where the Texans look for an upset. Pre-game coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern with TNF Tonight delivered by Little Caesars live from Houston. It's the Eagles and the Texans, only on Prime Video. See Amazon.com slash watch TNF for details.